Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington here with the latest Courageous Conversation with Will Ainsworth. And unfortunately, Will, this is take two for us. It is. It is. We I'm are. not afraid to admit it. You, I reckon that something just happened in the cloud and you reckon I just didn't press record. So, you know. So you reckon uh, I reached through to your computer and, uh, and unrecorded it, do you? Yeah, right. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's a shame um, because it was a cracker of a conversation. Let's hope we can do as well this week. And thank you so much for making the time again. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's no problem at all, but sequels are always disappointing. So, yeah, let's see how <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Anyway, um, so the reason that I was keen to speak to you in the first place is that you've been really open about some of your um, mental health struggles in relation to depression and why you got out of the real estate industry because you were a high-performing salesperson um, down in Geelong selling about 100 properties um, a year as well as a director of the business, right? Yeah, yeah, I was. So it was a pretty yep. um, it was a pretty full-on job, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so you started to struggle. Can you just talk about what happened, why, and and, yeah. and how that kind of messed with your head, I guess? Yeah. Okay. So um, to to make it brief, basically about oh, I'm 39 now. So when I was 30, unfortunately, my old man dad um, passed away. He was yeah. an alcoholic and very successful in his own right. He played footy for the Cats and he was a lawyer in town and did a did a lot of good things in the town. But little did people know he was actually a you know suffering alcoholic. And that just threw me for six um, because it was quite a sudden passing and. At the time, I was quite a heavy drinker as well. Um, and yeah. I sort of looked, as you do with everyone does with their mum and dad, they look up at them and they admire and they're, they're their role models. And um, so I basically fell into a big hole of depression pretty quickly after that. Um, and I ended up stopping work for about nine months and I was seeking help, medication, um, you know, psychology appointments, everything you can possibly imagine I was doing. And, and bit by bit, I worked my way back to, a, you know, some, some mental health that enabled me to get back to work. Um, so that was, what, nine years ago. And even though I, I, I was, as you said, fairly successful, I never really recovered from that. It was always a managerial thing that I was constantly keeping tabs on it daily, even right. probably hourly to a point. So... Um, That's exhausting, right? Oh, yeah. It's exhausting having depression and it's exhausting trying to yeah. keep on top of depression. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that it, it, so basically, fast forward to about a year ago when COVID hit all around the country. Um, like everyone, I went home and sort of had a bit of time to reflect on life and, and slow down a little bit, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And it just dawned on me that I just didn't, I just couldn't do it anymore. I just, I could, but there was going to come a point where, I was probably going to be no good to anybody. So I had to make that hard decision for my wife, for my kids, for me, that let's go out on top, so to speak, rather than yeah. rather than just burn myself into the ground and be be no good as a dad or a husband or a friend. Yeah. So that, yeah, mean. that must have been a really difficult decision. So difficult. It was and it still is. I still I still dwell on it. I yeah. Still don't know whether I made the right decision, but at the end of the day, you've got to make a decision in life. There's no time to sit around and worry too much about it because that's what what would be the point. I would be actually undoing all of what I was trying to achieve in the first place. So I've made the decision and um, I was actually yeah. talking to my wife about an investment property we're looking to buy before I got on here with you. And yeah, 
and she was like, should we, shouldn't we? Do we have this? Do we have that? And I said, let's just do it or not. Like, I, let's just, do we do want to do it? Yep, cool, let's just do it. And now that I've made the commitment, that's what we, we do. And it's the same with everything in life. Yeah. I don't have time yeah. to sit around and procrastinate. Because I believe that I was just gonna say, yeah, that 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 whole procrastination, I'm um I'm massively guilty of that. We've uh, we've just bought the, the Lang and Simmons business and there was a whole lot of stuff that I had to do in relation to that. So ASIC forms and bank loans and all of that stuff, uh, financial forecasts and and it's pretty it's not that easy to forecast for a yeah, anyway. Um, and I just kept on saying to everybody, oh, I'm so bad at this shit. I'm so bad at this. I'm so bad at this. And then I wasn't doing anything. And then I was getting anxious and I wasn't sleeping. And then it's like, I know, I've got a cure for this. Why don't I just do it? <laughs> and yeah. then hopefully I won't have to be anxious about it anymore because it's done and I've moved on, right? Yeah, exactly right. And I don't know who it was, but someone said, in actual fact, not making a decision is a decision in itself. So you do, you either make a decision or you don't. They're both a decision. And for me, I'd rather make the wrong decision than not make one at all. Yeah, it's so true. You've just got to keep moving forward, right? Um, And you, every decision you make is not going to be the right one. No. But so long as you learn from it. Yep. Yeah. Yep, I've made hot, I've made shitloads of bad decisions, but they shape at you as a person, and they shape you know what you do. True. Um, and the bad, the 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 worse the decision to make, the the harder it is to make it again because you're so scared of doing that again. So yeah, just yeah. move on and make make just make the right decision again. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So when you are suffering from depression, can you kind of talk me through how that manifests for you? Yeah, it's um, it, it's a basically a sense of um, cloudiness and um, what. Speaking of decisions, um, ironically, it's really hard to make decisions because you you, you can't think clearly. Yeah, and I kind of picture like this: my brain is like a whole bunch of cobwebs that I just can't quite break through, and I'm I'm trying to get through them to to see the light, but it's just not there, and everything's you know fuzzy and hazy, and I know that's. Sounds silly, but that's a visual that I can pr- try and give your yep. listeners um, to understand it. It's tiring. Yep. I'm I'm short tempered. I'm short tempered at the best of times. So um, <laughs> I'll remember that. I, yeah, just ask my wife yet again. Um, but so those because you're tired all the time, so therefore yep. your temper's not great or your, your your mood's not great, and it's um, I'm always tired, and it's yeah, it's it's a really horrible place to be. And yeah. um, does everything sort of feel like it's black and white rather than like no color yeah yeah i would say that yeah it's sort of like um you know when you drive to work you get to work and you go um oh shit i I don't really even know what lights were red or green or what colors were around me or cars were around me you just do it on autopilot yeah it's sort of the same You, you can't really get into that mindful state where you're in the moment you're kind of just on autopilot and your body's yeah. and your brain's just kind of doing what it knows by being, you know, learned experiences over time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'll get to the end of the day and I kind of feel like I've been asleep. Like yeah. It's not really, there's not really much going on up there, unfortunately. Yeah, I've got, got someone um, close to me who suffers from depression and they said to me that they couldn't work out, um, they couldn't do any projects because they couldn't work out what they had to do first. Or what tools they needed to do the the job? Yeah, it's I'm, I'm really interesting you say that because 
in my current role, um, I had a chat with one of my um, sort of one of the other managers the other day, and he said, "Oh, how do you um, map out or how do you forecast what what's going on in your role?" And I said, "I I don't." And he's like, "What do you mean?" Because he's quite analytical, and yeah. I'm like, "I don't know. I just do stuff." And he goes, "Yeah, but how do you know like what you're doing?" And I said, "I honestly." if there's ever a moment where I don't have anything to do, I pick up the phone and I call someone to do business with them. Like that's what I've done as a real estate agent. So by default, it's sort of all I know. And yeah. I, he goes, don't you sit down for like a couple of hours and map it out on a piece of paper? I'm like, no, I, and this is, this is the wrong thing, by the way, I, I yeah. should do that, but I actually really struggle doing that. Like you said about the person close to you, it's really, yeah. really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I do. I mean, I write myself a, I've always got a massive to-do list, but it's not, it's just as things pop into my head, I write stuff down. Yeah. Um, the only time I go through a massive planning process is kind of my Christmas holidays is when I do that yeah. um, because I need to have that kind of direction for the for the year. But um, I like to do stuff as it comes to me and as it's pertinent yeah. rather yeah. than just strictly following a plan. Yes. Um, yeah. Sorry to my board members. That's <laughs> that's just the way I roll. Well, that's it. It works for you. It may not work for people around you, but they kind of have to, you know, they have to revolve around what works for you as well. No, oh, that's the joy of being the boss, quite frankly. Um, so, yeah. Um, so how do you, because um, obviously you are still, you still suffer from depression today. So how do you, how do you manage it? Um, fortunately, I, um, and I guess with every sort of bad thing that goes on in your life, like we mentioned before, you learn and you grow from that. So I've learned over that nine years how to read my body and my mind and my brain really, really well. I'm very sort of in tune with what's going on and I can almost predict things. So like in my day job as an ex-real estate agent, if I was burning the candle at both ends for a few days, I would actually go, you know what, in a couple of days I'm probably going to have some depression back because I just know what my capabilities are. That doesn't mean I always stuck within them. I always push the boundaries. But um, so I know myself so well that I can actually predict if I'm working too hard, what's going to happen in in a, in a day or two's time. Right. Um, but my wife's a great indicator. She'll she'll know probably before I do. Um, yeah. I don't know how she does, but she kind of has that intuition about. Yeah. Like maybe it's the fact that I want to sleep in, or maybe it's the fact that I'm a little bit grumpy with the kids, or a bit short tempered, or something. And it's also, and I'm not saying this about you, but what I can see is that the smile doesn't quite reach the eyes, or there's, there's, you feel like there's a bit of a mask, and it's like, mm, hold on a minute, you're trying too hard. What's yeah. going on? Talk to me. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. So I guess in the past, I would try and push through all of that and, and sort of almost in be in denial that I'm in this depressive state, whereas now I catch on to it and go, right, I need a day where I'm really nice on myself, go and maybe get a massage. And even though I do yeah. my work, I just, I probably go at 70 or 80%. Yep. And to me, that's way better than pushing too hard again and then being down at the 10 or 20% for a few days. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I try and, as I said, I try and catch it and manage it and that so far has been, has worked for me. Yeah, okay. Um, tools like meditation, are you a believer in meditation and exercise and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, exercise I do probably five days a week. Um, yep. Meditation I go through, I've got to be honest, I go through kind of chunks where I'll be right into it and then I'll get out of that habit and not do it for a couple of months and then go, oh, let's get back into it. So I'm not amazing with it. 
but I, I do believe that it's got a really strong ability to help not just people with depression, but anybody. Yeah. But like every human being, I'm not a robot. I, I come in and out of habits as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, was, I, um, I tried to commit to meditating, but I get anxious that I'm wasting time. Yeah. Um, and so I was, um, I was really, um, I was really happy to hear someone on a podcast talk about the fact that it's not just med- like it's about mindfulness. Um, and so for some people, reading a book can be mindful. And I thought, like, one of the things that makes me happy is just to read. Yeah. And so now, I do find that um, if I've got a lot going on, I will take half an hour. Mm-hmm. At you know, sometimes it's five a.m. Um, to read to read a book because I'm, I get engrossed in the story and I'm not, my mind's not worrying about all the other things. So it's just kind of just gives it a little bit of a rest. Yeah. That is, I mean, there's many forms of meditation. That's precisely the point of the mindfulness type meditation is to be in the moment. And if you're reading, yeah. and you're not thinking about the podcast that you didn't record with Will Ainsworth the week before. Hey, settle <laughs> down. Be nice. <laughs> but um no, and it works for everybody. Some people garden, some people exercise, some people do something, but leave your phone at home, be in the moment, and that is a form of meditation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very good advice to to, to find out, like to know your know yourself mm. well enough and then to find out what works for you, I think is is incredibly important. It is. And I think there's no one size fits all. So no. um once again it is it is what works for you and don't I wouldn't let anyone else tell me otherwise. Um, if they say, yeah. I don't know, you exercise too much or whatever it might be, well, no, that's that's what my, or you don't exercise enough, or they know that's how my body works and maybe yeah. it's different than yours, but that, that'll work for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, don't judge me. I'm not interested in other people's opinions. <laughs> that's exactly right, 100%, yeah. Um, so you're doing a lot of coaching in the real estate space um, now. What do you think is lacking for people? What what are the um, are you seeing recurring themes with the coaching that you're doing? Um, yeah, I am. I, I think it's um, and particularly in the market that we're in, is everyone's running around um, like a headless chook, trying to satisfy all the buyers and are therefore not necessarily prospecting the way they would if the market was a little bit quieter, and then they're going through the peaks and troughs of. I've got five listings and now I'm so busy selling them and now I've sold them. Now I've got to go back and prospect again. And that's why they're having ups and down months like everyone's seen before. They're like a heartbeat up yeah. and down, up and down. Hello. Yeah, when, when you stop prospecting, um, yeah, I know. It's hard. I get it, though. It's hard to find the time, right? Yeah. So I guess, and you just said the word there, I guess time management, um, mm-hmm. and as a lot of people call it choice management, is we all have the same amount of time in the day, but it's what we choose to do with that. Like, yeah, I know my husband. Ah, oh, I haven't had time for that. It's like, no, you haven't prioritised that. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'm not suggesting, once again, even as an agent, yes, I was sort of known for my prospecting, my database, but did I do it every single day? No, I didn't. Very much the 80-20 rule. If I, yeah. slipped, if I slipped one day for whatever reason, the next day I was back on the wagon. I didn't let one day turn into two and three and five. And So I just think agents need to decide what, what's important to them and their business. And for me, the long-term business is much more sustainable than being reactive to everything that comes across your desk now. If someone wants to sell tomorrow but they've never met you, you have no relationship with them. So that vendor is more than likely going to go with the cheapest agent who promises the most money. Yeah. Whereas if you met that person a year ago and built a relationship with them, 
Yeah. I you've got a much better chance of A, getting the listing, but B, getting it at the fee, the marketing that you are worth. So, but a lot of agents are very transactional rather than relationship-driven, right? They are, but I believe the best agents do both. Yeah, so yeah. Transactional, yes, but that's because they've built more relationships with people over a sustained period of time. So my motto in real estate was always it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And for me, I'm thinking about this time next year's business, not now, even though naturally it's important to get there. If I set up now last year, I don't have to worry about it because I've got a pipeline so healthy and so full that I'm thinking about next year because I'm comfortable that that business is just going to come to me by virtue of the work I've done. It's a lot more enjoyable, isn't it, when you're working like that? I, I could predict. I could go, this month I'm going to get 13 listings and I'd probably be right one or two listings either way. Yeah. And then I'd go, based on that, I'll sell 11 properties next month yeah. and my average commission is 12 grand, so I'm going to write $130,000 and I could already almost bank that because I knew yeah. my business so well. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So many, I find so many agents don't know their numbers well enough. They don't know their market share. They're satisfied with um, a market share that is less than realistic to sustain the amount of money that they say they want to generate. Yeah. Do you find that? Yeah, most definitely. Um, I don't know that that's their fault. I mean, as you know, the entry to real estate is not very difficult. So. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the person that's employed them or the manager or the director or the CEO, whoever it is, give them a template to work off because they don't know what they don't know. And if a director just says, now you've got to go call some people and get some listings, they don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, And then they build habits around that. They see other people in their office doing the same thing because they weren't taught and it just goes on and on. It's just, yeah. Yet I've seen good offices that when you go in, they say, you will not be listing and selling a property until you have 500 pieces of clean data. And whether that yeah. takes a month or six months, completely up to you. Up to you. I've seen that be a ridiculously sustainable business because that's setting the foundation for a good agent's um, career. Yeah. yeah, I guess a lot of the problems is that um, in the industry is that our business owners are often really good salespeople themselves and they go, okay, I want to do this for myself, but they don't have any real leadership skills they don't take themselves away and actually learn how to be a leader they just have to run around listing and selling to 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 pay the rent and pay the staff and all of that stuff so it's a it's challenging yeah it is and I've got to be honest I was probably one of them Um, yeah I knew my business and how to run my team but to actually be able to replicate that with other people was always difficult um because I was like every I suppose high-performing agent, I was a bit of a control freak. So uh, let, let me do it. I'll show you how to do it rather than let them make mistakes and learn on the job. So that's something that I, over time, tried to build into my business as well, was letting people take the lead, um, which from an ego yeah. point of view, and let's be honest, we're in sales, so most of us have one, yeah. uh, that was hard to, to let go. Yeah, it yeah, it can be. And it's also, well, I know that that's $12,000. Then if I don't take control of it, I know that I've got a, you know, 80% chance of getting it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Leanne might only have a 30% chance of getting it. So you don't want to let it go, right? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, for sure. Mm, interesting. All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for taking the time again today. I so appreciate, um, you know, double up, double up. Anyway, <laughs> I'll return the favour, I promise. Thanks so much for having me, Leanne. It's always good to chat. Take care. Bye.